0: New Year, still the same new normal. Especially as we face another political year, the 2022 presidential elections. Political rallies, provincial tours, handshakes, house-to-house visits. These are practically obsolete. All thanks to the unrelenting coronavirus pandemic. So, what are the new ways of reaching out to voters now? How do you run a campaign amid the raging pandemic? I'm Camille Alemia, and this is Teka Teka Explains. In this episode, we'll look into the new ways politicians are trying to get to you. Social distancing is anathema to pressing flesh, a politician's favorite tool. In the virtual world, three seconds is all you have to catch attention. Akin to a glance or a quick smile at an in-person political rally. A political rally is easily the highlight of the evening in a small town. The circus is in town, and no one can pass it up. On the net pitted against a hundred million other 10-seconders, it is extremely difficult to be the event of the day, if you can notice at all. You need to be creative to find new ways. Enter social media. It is only natural for politicians to tap these platforms. After all, Filipinos are among the top social media users in the world. More than 73 million Filipinos are registered internet users, and 99% of them are active on one social media platform. The average Filipino spends a whopping 9 hours and 45 minutes online daily. Yup. 3 hours and 53 minutes of which on social media. Take the case of presidential bet Panfilo Ping Laxon. Laxon is the only presidential candidate who holds regular weekly virtual press conferences. Every Thursday, Laxon and his running mate Tito Soto hold Meet the Press, a one-hour briefing streamed over Laxon's official Facebook page to discuss the issues of the week. And when he visits provinces or cities, he stays in one place, and thus a hybrid campaign speech. Talking to a socially distanced audience while people in other areas watch and listen via Zoom. In a world where content is king, this ensures that the duo stay visible on social media.
1: My name's Russell. I'm an account director for a PR company given that we live in a time where people can't readily go out, the out of home ads, the billboards, the posters don't even make sense now, but social is the cheapest way to reach your target audience and the targeting that is able to provide these politicians is very much advanced, so to say, even better than the targeting that, you know, a TV ad or a radio placement can deliver for politicians.
0: Under new campaign guidelines, The COMELEC has also decided to lend its social media channels to national candidates. Aspirants for president and vice president, as well as political parties, will get 10 minutes airtime each, while senatorial hopefuls and party list groups will be given 3 minutes. They may also hold their own e-rallies, which include live streaming on their social media platforms. But the Comelec requires them to submit a recording within 72 hours after the online rally is held. If Facebook was the king of social media back in 2016, now it seems to be a toss-up between YouTube and TikTok. YouTube is now the top platform in the country according to the 2021 We Are Social Study while a quick check on TikTok will show you a lot of political content. Some true, yes, but many others, not at all. In TikTok, influencer marketing is given a new flavor.
1: Politics in the Philippines is personalized. And according to the global survey, we are 30 points above the global average in our reliance on influencers. We're the top country wherein we rely on influencers for social media information.
0: That was UP Political Science Professor Adisa Rugay during a webinar organized by the Philippine Center for Population and Development. Remember Vice President Lenny Robredo's cooking challenge with influencer Mimiya?
1: Okay, so today, VP Leni, ay tayo po ay magluto ng very essential na... Lugaw! Yeah, so sobrang kilala po talaga kayo sa pagpapakain po
0: the latest trend now is the use of micro or nano influencers or those that have a smaller but loyal following. Here's Russell Patina again.
1: We've seen a lot of these nano content creators with following of less than 10,000 even, but they have a captured audience either based on their You know geographical location, where they're from, the language they speak, or the type of content that they produce. They have a captured audience that's readily engaged as well. So they're being utilized as well by the propaganda machineries.
0: Let's say I am a presidential candidate. And I want to tap young voters from the most vote-rich province of Cebu. I could easily find nano-influencers with maybe just 5,000 or 10,000 followers to promote me. They're not as expensive as the big name celebrities, and I get to be sure that I will be promoted to my target voters. Hmm, easy, right? Problem is, some influencers are used by fake news operators and politicians to propagate and amplify false content.
1: If it can work for brands, it can most definitely work for personalities, for politicians.
0: But the use of micro and nano-influencers in political campaigns is not new to the Philippines. It was used in the 2020 US elections. According to a Financial Times article, these influencers are perceived to be more relatable than top-tier influencers. Hmm, which means they are more useful for political messages. As one of the experts in the article said, the person delivering your message should look and talk like you. In most cases, the sponsorship deal is not disclosed to the public. 11 1212 sales? Yes. Even e-commerce platforms, which grew tremendously during the pandemic, are now widely used in campaigning. Russell, who works for a PR firm, was browsing his Facebook feed when he suddenly saw a Shopee ad of Bongbong Marcos.
1: And I saw that ads a Shopee, I was quite surprised, given that I'd understand if it was like an ad from a seller, but it was boosted. It was a sponsored post attributed directly to Shopee, which I found weird at first. And then I had to double back if I was really looking at it and if it was really Shopee. And then I found out yeah, that it was indeed Shopee. And so it makes sense from a strategy perspective for you to utilize the platform and to capture the audience of the platform mismo. But it was the first time that I've seen something like that.
0: So, why was he targeted by a Marcos ad?
1: There's also this thing called lookalike audience. So if in any case, for example, I follow political pages of the opposing parties or the opposing candidates, then they can actually set up ads based on the targeting or the captured audience of those parties or those specific opposing politicians.
0: I have a somewhat similar experience as someone who's constantly on Lazada or Shopee for fun or when bored. I was surprised to see my timelines on these platforms filled with Marcos and Sara Duterte shirts and caps for sale for weeks. It might be good for the t-shirt and cap sellers or even the campaign team, but I definitely wasn't pleased that my virtual shopping experience was politicized. There are over 43 million active gamers in the Philippines, growing steadily by almost 13% yearly since 2017. That's according to YCP Solidins, an Asia-focused management consulting firm. The country's most played game, Mobile Legends, or ML, reached a peak of 2.65 million active users daily in April 2019. No wonder, mobile games are now also among the politicians' targets.
2: Hi, my name is Ren Vitug. I'm the Commissioner of the Nationals. I'm also affiliated with PESO, the recognized national sports association in the Philippines. Many people are seeing esports as a targeted community. If you want to target the youth, the digitally native youth, mga techie na youth, they target gaming, kasi na ang
0: Marcos tried to tap this community back in 2020, but backfired. In a YouTube vlog, Marcos tried playing mobile legends as he talked about the rising industry of esports. But social media users quickly pointed out how his father, the late dictator Ferdinand Marcos, banned video games during martial law. Several politicians, especially those running for local positions, are also hosting ML tournaments.
2: I think uh, a shift now, this is prevalent before the pandemic, is it's not basketball. It's not ML. If you want to target the youth, it's eh, ML. Na so you get them and they, you use the covered court. Everyone has their own data. You don't really have to prepare anything. They just give a small prize pool and everyone's happy. Everyone can host a tournament. Eh? Think of it as a basketball tournament na pinapatakbol nila. I can have a Bongbong Marcos basketball tournament, Lenny Basketball Interbarangay, or whatever name I choose, right? Kusino naman ang sponsor No one is gonna stop you. And for the game publishers naman kasi, usually ang challenge lies with commercial, big commercial opportunities na tingin nila threatens them. They try to block it agad. But if it's a community event, it's rare that they stop it, eh.
0: Appropriating mobile games for politics is not unique here. Several politicians used the video game Animal Crossing New Horizons for the U.S. 2020 election campaign, while political activists used it to promote social issues such as Black Lives Matter. Virtual demonstrations also took place in popular games like The Sims, Grand Theft Auto, and World of Warcraft. That's not to say that politicians have abandoned age old tactics. Pro Marcos, pro Sara Duterte, and pro Isco Moreno text messages are frequently sent to mobile users. And many national candidates still resort to caravans in the provinces. Using micro influencers and appropriating video games and e commerce platforms just means politicians are getting smarter about targeting you. Again, I'm Camille Elamia. You've been listening to Teca, Teca Explains. This episode was edited by Presh Capistrano and produced by Kat Ventura. Follow Teca, Teca and Puma podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.